that are on one on either side of him are in the same situation. They're going to die too. And one of them was not in a very good place. And he was bitter and basically rejected Christ for who he was as well. The other one, on the other hand, said something to Jesus, and it was just this. He must have believed that Jesus was the Messiah because he told him, remember me when you come in your kingdom. Pretty simple, just remember me. So he must have believed that there was going to be a kingdom. It takes some belief to, to believe that when the guy that's supposed to be leading it is hanging here on a cross and about to die. And Jesus replied to him, opened a new door in history that up to that point had not been. He said, what did he say to that thief? Somebody want to tell me? Yep. He said, today you will be with me in paradise. Now, this perks my little ears up because what is paradise? This is not, this is not a concept. This is not something that has necessarily been put forth before in Scripture. And there's actually only three places in the New Testament that this word is used. It's the Greek word peridosis. Paradise. Jesus used it here. The second time it was used is in, in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 12 when Paul is talking about the man that was caught up, which most people think that it was Paul himself, but he was basically speaking in third person. So he says two things. First, first he says, I know a man who was caught up into the third heaven. And then I said, I also know a man who was caught up into paradise kind of makes it sound like those are two different places but we won't really dig into that but he said I know a man who was caught up into paradise and saw unspeakable things that basically that's not lawful for men to say that's the second time paradise is mentioned and then the third time is in Revelation chapter 2 verse 7 in the letter to Ephesus which we talked about here a month and a half ago he says I'm going to actually read that. Revelation chapter 2, verse 7. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the one who conquers, I will grant to eat of the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. So I learned something in studying for this that I did not know before. And it's fascinating to me. Where else in scripture do we know, where's the tree of life? Where does Genesis say that the tree of life is? It's in the Garden of Eden. Where in the garden? That's right. The tree of life is in the middle of the Garden of Eden. And Revelation here says, if you conquer, I will give you to eat of the tree of life, which is in the paradise 
of God. Could this possibly be the same place? I don't know exactly. But there was quite a number of the early church fathers and the writers that believed that Eden and paradise are one and the same. <clears throat> Except for one one distinction. So originally Eden was here, right? It was it was a place. The whole earth was not Eden because it specifically says he planted a garden in the east in Eden or that's what he called it and he put man into there. So it was a place. And then when they sinned, he kicked them out of that place. And not only that, put an angel, a fiery angel, at the gate to block them from getting in there. Now, I don't know. I, I tend to think that human beings knew where this place was, at least up until the time of the flood. The flood kind of tended to rearrange a lot of things. Um, so I don't know. Like physically, where was it? There's a lot of, there's a lot of uh, discussions and ideas, and that's a pretty interesting dis- search to try to figure out where that was. But is it possible that at some point, maybe it was during the flood, maybe it was before, I, I just don't know. But somehow or another, God removed Eden from here and it is in another realm it's not that hard to believe in another realm because we believe in other realms already right you know in a way heaven is another realm it's something we can't see with our physical eyes but could it be that God removed Eden and it's somewhere you know Paul says he was caught up to paradise so is Eden somewhere Yes, that is right. (laughs) That is a good answer. It is somewhere. But it sure sounds to me like, okay, so the tree of life was in the center of Eden, and in Revelation, the tree of life is in paradise. So it kind of sounds to me like it could be the same place. So whatever it is, or wherever this place is, it's another realm that we... We don't know where it is exactly. But what did Jesus tell the thief? He said, today, today, you will be with me in this place. And then three days later, this is super interesting to me. Three days later, after Jesus rose, remember Mary met him in the Garden of Gethsemane, did not know it was him. And then they talked a little bit, and then she all of a sudden figured out, this is Jesus. And she went, she wanted to weep at his feet again. Remember, this is the same Mary who washed his feet with the ointment, dried it with her hair, washed his feet with her tears. She did this before. I think she wanted to do it again. But Jesus said something to her. He said, Mary, do not touch me, for I have not yet ascended to my Father. 
Then he said, go tell my disciples to meet me in Galilee, and I'll meet them sometime later, and then they left. And then later, you know, Jesus meets them, and I've, I've mentioned this before, how the first thing Jesus says when he comes to see his disciples is, peace be, peace be with you. And so it's like, it's almost like Jesus, Jesus said, well, I, I actually haven't been to the Father yet, and I still have some work to do. And could it be that he, he like, went to his father and said, I don't know what he brought to him, but he could have said, okay, it's done now. I did everything you asked me to do. I lived. I taught them. I introduced the kingdom. I died as that perfect sacrifice. I opened, reopened the door to paradise because it was blocked before. He reopened that door and then he goes back to the Father and says, I've I've done it. I've finished it now. There can once again be peace between God the Father and between fallen humankind that believes in him. And so paradise is not necessarily where God the Father dwells. It can't be because Jesus told the thief, today you're going to be with me there. And then three days later, he tells Mary, well, I haven't yet been to where the Father is. So where do you go when you die? As a believer. To just say you go to heaven misses out on on the richness of what actually happens. <clears throat> and I, 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 could be, I could be wrong. I'm totally open to be corrected. But as I look through this, it looks to me like when we die, we have access, our spirit and our soul has access back into Eden. And you know, what's fascinating, this is totally anecdotal, but there's people who have died, as it were, and come back to life. And what do they say about that experience? There's some common themes. And one of them is that there's a gate. You know, we hear it in songs. There's songs that have, you know, the gate and all this stuff. The angel was placed at the gate of Eden to block the way to the tree of life. And it sure sounds a lot like the believers then. That angel has now been moved to the side and the way is open again. Back in there to the tree of life. However, this is still not the final story. I don't think these people, everyone who dies in Christ... You know, we often say someone who, who is sick, who had a lot of pain, we're like, yay, they got their new body. Not so fast. Not that it's necessarily wrong to say that. It's, I think it's just part of, our, it's part of our cultural realization that wherever this is, is a better place than here. And there's no more pain. That's true. It's absolutely true. 
but they don't have their bodies yet because this is a place right now paradise is where the spirit and the soul go to dwell with Christ I don't know where he, all he goes he, he's in paradise yet he's sitting at the right hand of the father I don't know he can just do things because he's him right <clears throat> but could it be that follow, follow me here a little bit when Adam and Eve sinned this was ripped apart we died death is separation we are told many times that his God's plan is to put that back together it says in Revelation the final enemy to be defeated will be death separation that the final thing sometime will be this separation that has been put in place will totally be wiped away. Could it be that paradise, maybe this is what, where, when it says creation groans for the revealing of the sons of God. In a way, paradise and its place was on earth. Eden was here on earth. And just as when, when sin happened, there was a separation of human beings and God. There was a separation of Eden from earth. Yet we know, Revelation talks about a new, a new earth where God dwells, where righteousness dwells. Could it be that when someday, at that final day, when the Spirit and the soul who are dwelling in paradise, and the body that has been planted in the ground here, they will come back together, and they will live forever. That body, soul, spirit will once again come together, and that will be an eternal body, never again to be corrupted by sin. In the same way, I think paradise will come back and will be reunited with earth the way that God originally intended it to. <clears throat> I don't know if that's 100% correct. But if I, just looking at, at the scriptures, I just all of a sudden was like, what the world? What if this is, what if this is true? <clears throat> it's so amazing to think about that. So even, even paradise, even now, those people in paradise are still longing for the resurrection. The early church writers say a lot about that. They say that even though they go to this place, they, the way to paradise is open. They go there and they can dwell there. It's a place of rest. It's a place of peace. It's a place where Jesus is. It's still not all of it. They still are, they're going there and they're still longing and waiting for the resurrection of the body. I think in the same way, that David looked forward to being rescued from Sheol. So I, I think Jesus, you know, after he died and reopened the way to paradise, I think he went back in there to Sheol and said, okay, everyone who believes in me, you can come with me now. The way to paradise is open. We are not going to dwell in paradise, and you don't have to be there in Sheol anymore. But we're still waiting for the resurrection and the new body. And oh, that's going to be a fine time. <laughs> like, don't get me wrong. Paradise, right now, 
for Lydia is grand. And all of us know people who are there. But in Revelation, even the souls under the altar, they say to Jesus, how long will it be before you fully avenge our blood upon those who who took it? Even in paradise, there is still a longing for it all to be put back together. It's got to be from, it's from a different place. You know, here, we long for that, but we're still in the broken body. In paradise, the soul and spirit are free from that broken body, but I think they still long for that resurrection. This is why so many Christians, so many believers throughout history have been able to face death with joy. Because death, the separation of their body from their soul and spirit, is not a bad thing. Isn't it interesting that those who hated Christians and killed so many of them think they are winning a battle against them by killing them. But they don't. They're just uh, moving up the time where they step through that door into paradise. And then eventually there will be a new body. That's why we as believers, we can look at death very differently. And that doesn't mean it's it's not hard. I'm not at all saying that. But we have the ability then to look at this separation as as a time of rejoicing. And you know, maybe a time when we can be a little bit jealous of the ones who went. (laughs) That's really one of, that's one of the feelings we should have. Not jealousy as in a bad thing, but like, how fortunate was this person to go there before me. Because we are, the Bible talks, Scripture tells us we are to mourn differently than the rest of the world. We don't mourn as someone who has no hope. We mourn as someone who has, we have this hope. I think I'll stop there. Paradise is a beautiful place. God has opened that way. Whether you call it heaven or paradise. Paul calls it our heavenly dwelling. Whatever it is, it's a place that's not here. But it's still not the ultimate place that we will live in. Let's pray. Father in heaven, I just rejoice today in the promises that you have given us and in the work that you accomplished there at the cross where you have have made the path plain and you have made your plan known that you're going to put this all back together again someday. 
And so in the meantime, as we face death, as we face separation, as we face all these things that we face in these broken bodies, we can still yet look forward, first of all, to be able to dwell in paradise when we cross that threshold, and then ultimately to be put back together as one in the resurrection. And once that happens, then we will forever and for always dwell with you, and you will dwell with us. So grateful for these things. May these be forefront of our minds. May we hold on to these things as we face what we face here in this world. In your name I pray.